welcome to the Open Pantry Podcast for yet another episode. I'm your host, as always, Sean DeVries. Thank you for tuning in. Today is a bit of a special event, probably one of the biggest names that I've ever been able to get on the show, Adriana Zumbo. We've known each other for about a year or so and have been chatting for a little bit. He's, uh, he's obviously got a big name in anything that's cakes and pastries and desserts. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, he's had a lot of ups and downs in the last couple of years, but this is a really personal podcast and, and one which he really opens up and, and explains a lot about his career and how he's got to the point he has. And, and he's just a fantastic character, and I think you're going to really enjoy this podcast and where it goes. So let me know what you think and enjoy. Petri podcast for yet another episode. I'm your host, as always, Sean DeVries. Now, this is an incredible podcast. This is probably my most famous guest that I've had on and it needs no introduction. So I'll get straight into it. Adriana Zumbo, how are you, my friend? Oh, good, thanks, Sean. How are you? I'm very, very well. Um, thank you for taking the time out to have a chat. Yeah, no now, problem. I know pretty much everyone who's listening will know uh, who you are and, and what you've done. But do you want to give just a bit of an origin story in how you started out uh, in the industry, in the hospitality industry, and, and got going? Um, well, I started back in uh, 97. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I was obviously uh, in year 10 back then when I was at school. Um, mm-hmm. And it was kind of like a gateway, I guess. It was my, I think, escape. Um, I grew up in a country town. There wasn't much going there. Uh, beautiful town, great mm-hmm. place to grow up. But, um, you know, work-wise... Probably wasn't you know much uh, much there for for in the future. So um, I used to work in my parents' had a supermarket. I used to work there after school, and I started baking um, as yep. I, really, I really enjoyed that job. You know, rather than surfing on the checkout or stacking shelves, um, <laughs> yeah, <you> know, <laughs> baking was a bit more fun. So um, you know, I started baking stuff, real simple, just pre-mixed stuff. It wasn't anything fancy or any skill, but mm-hmm. um, I just really enjoyed it. And then I, in my head, like I, I just went, yeah, I got, to, I want to get into more of this, and. Um, I had two sisters that lived in Sydney, um, mm-hmm. and yeah, I came down for a I came down for a, an event actually. A friend of mine, school formal, and while I was there, I, I got an apprentice. I went for an interview, and I got an apprenticeship. Okay, yeah, and that's wow. how I started. I started at a place called Dobinson's Cakes. Um, wow, in Darlinghurst, um, used to be yes in the back streets of Darlinghurst. Um, I think probably the most dodgiest place to for a country boy coming <laughs> to Sydney to start. Right, it was. Um, you know, yeah, back must the, have been a big change for you. Yeah, you know, and it was just in a, it was literally in a garage uh, in the mm-hmm. in Palmer Street. Um, wow, and just in, it's in a residential street, you know. So like you know, and and mm-hmm. literally um, there was a, ki- a garage entrance, and then in 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 behind it was a a full bakery kitchen. So it was a it was a it was a bit of a weird one starting, you know, midnight starts and um, all that. So mm-hmm. um, you know, back in those days, where that was still kind of. Um, full steam ahead starting at midnight and um, yeah it was yeah, it's pretty normal right <laughs> it, it's pretty normal bakery but I think these days it's changing slowly I think um, you know with um, like sort of you know different people's um, different people's routines and different people's um, expectations and that kind of stuff as well right yeah you know no, no one really wants to work those hours anymore everyone wants to work a day a day shift or, a, or an evening mm. shift. I think mm-hmm. it's slowly changing but that's how I pretty much started. You know, I, I got into uh, pastry that way. Um, I probably took a big risk. I didn't know if I wanted to do it like as a full-time profession uh, at that time, yeah. but it was something that I enjoyed doing. 
Um, and look, I think after six months, I realised that it was something I really loved. You know, I really, I really took on took it on board and uh, got really deep into it and sort of started to uh, learn more things and get books and stuff. You know, wanted to learn more. I was always staying back at work um, on my own. Yes. Um, and just doing stuff after I'd finished, you know, production shift, I'd stay back and I'd build little centerpieces and stuff like that. And then from there, really just grew. You know what I mean? I think it's, um, yeah, I stayed in Sydney uh, for like 20 odd years and, and just, you know, sort of, um, I was there for about a year and a half for my first job. And then I moved to a restaurant. Then I went to a bakery, you know, and I think I just started to like mm-hmm. sort of get a bit of um, experience in different aspects of the of the profession so you know and that was a, a real good thing can you can you remember what the first thing is first product that you made from sort of start to finish uh start to finish yeah um my first job was i mean ice and cupcakes that was my first <laughs> yeah i used to do the same thing yeah used to ice all the cupcakes you know and i had another apprentice i'd race off with them but from start to finish i reckon my first job probably would have been custard tarts. Yeah, right. Yeah, from start to finish, yeah. Because the cupcakes were always baked when I got into work. There was a guy I used to work in the Arvo. And, yes. Um, and he'd have all that ready. And I'd just come in, we'd ice them all up and, and uh, pack them. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, from start to finish, I'd probably say my first, yeah. Because then I progressed, like, our first jobs were those, and then they were like lemon curd, like little butterfly cake things and then custard. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. And then we go and do all like the sweet bun stuff, but I never made the dough in the start. So, you know, obviously um, we used to just go there and roll and fill and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. That was my first. First little for away. So yeah. when you um when you went into restaurants and then sort of going back into bakeries and, and that kind of stuff, was there – was there a preference for you to do either or was it really dependent on who you're working for at the time to what you enjoyed more? Um, look, at, at the time, I think I was, I was quite um, open-minded just to, just to explore. You know, I think it was uh, going to the restaurant. I thought it was a real eye-opener. I really learned about mm-hmm. um, good ingredients, um, you know, good textures, a bit more into the technique side from where I first started. Where I first started, it was a little bit more of a, like a, like your traditional Aussie bakery sort of crossed with uh, the, the owners were Hungarian. And okay. so it had a little bit of a European influence from, from, from the Hungarian background. Um, but then everything else was like, like pure traditional sort of Australian bakery, you know, caramel slots, you know, cupcakes, you know, your finger buns, all that sort of stuff. Um, but then, yeah, had a, a bit more exotic stuff as well. But then going to a restaurant, you know, and then just using super, super fresh, flavors um you know and all that sort of stuff was a real eye-opener you know like in the taste the development of flavor and texture at that time yeah. I was really young i mean i was i left school 15 i was probably one of my restaurants 16 17 you know and i was wow. and coming from the country i hadn't you know i didn't grow up eating out at restaurants you know there was only a local chinese restaurant in canable and that was pretty much it well wow. so so you know mm-hmm. for me the the taste development you know, was was huge because you know, even as a, as at, at home, like my parents are Italian, and we, I mean, I had Italian mm-hmm. food, but it was super fussy still. I mean, I was filling up on lollies and, and junk food in the in the daytime because you know, it was yeah. it was free because my parents had a supermarket. So yes, 
Um, <laughs> so that was like, so when I went to Sydney, I, I definitely was no gourmet. Um, you know, so like, yeah, that was, that was a big thing for me there because I was just like, wow. You know, and then I started to even try more savory foods because I was working in a restaurant, you know, things that I'd never had before really. Like I didn't really eat seafood. I didn't eat um, wow. cheese. I didn't eat, you know, like, you know, like a lot of things. And I started to yes, uh, just eating them. And, and a, lot, a lot of time through peer pressure, right? Because because like all my um, chefs above were eating it. And I was like, I can't look like a, you know, like yeah. a, you know, I'm a, I'm a apprentice chef. I've got to start trying. You're a chef too. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So like, you know, I'd start trying these things and go, wow, it actually tastes good. You know, <laughs> things that I used to not eat because it smelled funny or it was. Yes. You know yes. Uh, so, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so like those sort of things started to, to change and develop at that stage. Um, and I kind of moved around a bit. Um, then I ended up, I think my, like my last job, well, my last job, but like the job I stayed in for about five years was like a French sourdough bakery, but it had a small pastry section. Um, I kind of went into the, the pastry section, um, as an, as a last year apprentice and, and the boss left and, um, they said, could I cover for a few weeks? And then that few weeks turned into five years of, um, <laughs> After the, the deck, which is an amazing um, experience because you know at a young age just being able to have um, you know creative freedom in some some sense you know it yeah. wasn't fully but it was it was pretty much you know like there was I could pretty much do what I wanted for the section yeah. I looked after and you know um, which was you know which was great for me because then I would you know I, I kind of had to look look further. To, to learn new things, to try new things, mm-hmm. to push myself. Um, and it, it taught me a lot, you know, it taught me a lot about, um, you know, textures and products and flavors and, you know, obviously, and then obviously like how to develop new things. Um, and, you know, at, the, at that time I was still young and I just, I just worked heaps, you know, I just loved, I just loved it. Though. Yeah. I didn't want to go home. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, yeah. I just kind of stay there all the time. So, um, you know, that was a, I think that was a great, a great experience. Often the best experiences come out of challenges like that. And you've been sort of thrown a bone of like, you know, well, he's gone. So if you want to take it up, then you can take it up. But the answer, that's a really cool thing. Yeah, um, totally is. Do you, how did you, when you, so, you know, your early twenties and in that role and you've got, you you've got the, um, experience in this particular section like how were you actually coming up with new ideas was it was it constantly reading was there uh, were you you know connected with other bakers and pastry chefs from other places and 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 that kind of stuff or what were you kind of doing to develop your palate and sense of what range you want to create yeah totally i think like you know like obviously i love i love i still do love to collect books you know i think um Mm -hmm. uh, but also just yeah just meeting new people looking out, always just searching for something new. Uh, I traveled mm-hmm. to Europe a little bit, you know what I mean? Like um, I'd, I'd go, yeah. my parents are Italian. So like I was very lucky that you know, sometimes they'd go back and I'd, I'd join, I'd just tag along for the trip or sometimes I'd go to Paris myself. Um, yes. Just to look, you know, and uh, I think one of the biggest things was, was I got the opportunity to represent Australia. I was 21 um, and I got the opportunity being the, uh, World Australian Pastry Cup team to go to the World Pastry Cup in um, in uh, in Lyon in France at Coupe du Monde. I mean, wow. I, yeah, look, I didn't have the skill that 
you needed to be there. But the opportunity was they were trying to grow the Australian team to one right. to be able to, you know, be developed enough to, to be able to sort of compete with those big countries, right? Yes, um, yeah, absolutely. Just going there, I mean, for me, it was just the experience, you know, like, I mean, we had no chance at that back then. You know, I mean, I was mm-hmm. I was fresh. I didn't have the skills, like the level of, um, you know, artistry and techniques was super high. But just to be there, it just blew my mind. I mean, um, the atmosphere, the just the whole thing. And I, I walked out of that just going, wow. Mm, this is that like, must have been an incredible experience in your early 20s. Yeah. It's like, wow, this is another world out here. You know, like, I mean, in Australia yeah. back then. Bakery and pastry was nothing, right? It was like literally. No. It was literally your your Australian bakeries. Uh, there was a few Europeans that had come over and opened. They were very like scattered around. You know, most cafes mm. didn't have a big cake selection or a pastry selection like they do today. You know, things like that. It was, it was a lot more scarce. You know, there was things around, but it wasn't as prominent. And a lot of people didn't buy that stuff more regularly. You know, people didn't really. Uh, search. I, I don't think for for that. It was literally like a like a real treat. Like it was actually like you know you only bought it every now and then. I, I mean I'm not saying people buy more pastry now, but I think it's it's more accepted now that that yes, uh, it's definitely uh, more highlighted, isn't it? Really, yeah. you know, pastry mm. is definitely like that 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 uh, that centerpiece. You know, like people mm. want to have a beautiful cake or a beautiful. Thing for all these celebrations and things, which, whereas I think as back then it wasn't as prominent. People wouldn't go to to as much effort to get that to that special sense yes. or um or that display or that surprise for somebody. Uh, so, you know, I think uh, you know back then it was it was uh, it was pretty um, in, you know just 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 eye opening. You know, I think it just kind of mm. took me to another world, and then I started to get more and more interested. And I started to like, you know, like when I, in those days that, you know, I found out about the macaron, you know, like for me, you know, yes. I'm like, well, what are these things? That, like, <laughs> why do we not have them in Australia? And mm. and they were around kind of, you know, like there was a couple of people making them, but I don't think they were selling enough of them to keep them fresh. And, mm-hmm. and you know, the quality wasn't there and the people didn't really know about them. They probably look at them and go, oh, what's that, you know? Um, so, you know, I think it obviously that came later down the track, you know, with, with the boom of the, obviously with food TVs and shows and stuff like that. So most definitely, I was just going to ask you when you, when you went to Italy and you went to France and you saw those bakers and pastry chefs and those bakeries in, in countries, which are so synonymous with, with amazing quality bread and benoiserie, like. What did you think the difference was? Did you think it was just a tradition of that craft and that was the reason why those particular people were, were more talented than what we had in Australia? Or what did you put it down to? Yeah, I think culture, man. Like, it's just like mm. Europe, the culture is, they're born with it. It's been from, from you know, many years ago that that they've developed this this culture of, of eating good food and pastry and bakery and sweets and yeah and and that's and that's just kind of stayed with within that. I think the problem with Australia is, is that we're we're always developing our culture, right? We're, we're yeah, as much true. 
as much we don't have as much history as some of these countries. I mean, we still have big history, but not in that sort of sense in food culture. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think what what those countries have as well is, I mean, a lot more people as well. Um, yes, and you know, I, I just you just go there and they just live it. Like it's like you just you're born to to understand that you go and buy a fresh baguette in the morning, or you go and and when you go to someone's house, you take a tray of biscuits or cakes or chocolates. You know, as a mm-hmm. as a as a, uh, a gift or as a welcome gift, welcome mm-hmm. gift. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just normal. I'm meeting up with blah blah blah. Like you know, they'll go for a you know croissant and you know a coffee or the you know, and they're things that that have developed here now. You know, but I think there's things that have been as part of the European culture for, for like for yonks. You know, like for ages. Mm. So mm-hmm. I think that, and then just the their accessibility to great ingredients and, and products, you know. I, I mean, we got great mm-hmm. juice here and stuff like that, but some of the more speciality ingredients um, and sort of stuff like that do come from Europe, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like they're, they're just, they've just sort of got that that networking and that culture, which, you know, makes them definitely much more stronger and, and uh, more developed. Yeah, I, I think the competitiveness as well, obviously with, with you know, so many different uh, bakeries will would automatically make an industry stronger as well because people need to do different things all the time and and always try and be better. So yeah, um, yeah, I think Australia is definitely getting there now. That's for sure in bakeries. Oh, um, we've come we've come like leaps and yards. Yeah, we're up there. It's quite incredible. Um, now moving forward, obviously you said um, you're at that you're at that job for sort of five years is. Is the sort of tail end of that when you decided to to go and do your own thing, or when did that, when did that uh, sort of start? That started a couple of years later. After after that, mm-hmm. I went to Cairns for a year. Mm-hmm. I worked in a hotel. You know, I think I always wanted to work in a hotel. Um, yeah, right. And just to try it out, and you know, then I there was a job going up in Cairns, and there was a pastry chef up there that I really wanted to work with. Um, right. But the funny thing was that. The reason why the jobs were available up there was because he was leaving. Um, <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Severin was leaving with him. <laughs> yeah, Severin, like, you know, yeah. three visions came available and, and it was because he was leaving and yeah, two people under him were leaving. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, I went up there for a year. Uh, it was good fun. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of made me realise um, at that time, like, you know, I think I needed to get back to, um, get back up to the city and, and do something, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and I realized I didn't really want to work in a, in a hotel. It wasn't for me. Um, you know, it's great people and, and there's a lot going on and, and there's a lot of different avenues you can go, but I, I just I just found um, the whole system for me. I, it just didn't suit me. You know, I think I really... Did you did you find it was it made you sort of less artistic or less... Yeah, I found it did. Yeah. It made me less okay. artistic. There was a lot more walls to jump to get things across the line, um, yep. you know, and yeah, there's definitely a lot more hierarchy and stuff like that, you know, which, um, which some people love and, but it wasn't for me, you know, I think at that time yep. I was still quite thing and I, I just kind of wanted to create, um, and, you know, make delicious cakes, um, and something mm-hmm. like that. So I headed back to Sydney, um, and then I started to do some work from for the uh, the markets. You know, I started to okay. Yeah, so I started doing 
uh, Fox Markets, and that's where it kind of started, really. Um, you know, I did, uh, did that for, for probably about a year, I reckon. Okay. Um, um, and, and then, yeah, eventually got a little shop, you know, and that's when it kind of, I started my own business at that time. Uh, from that, you know, someone pushed me into like, not pushed me, but I mean, like I said, you know, you got to do it. You should do something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to do something, you know, and I was like, yeah, but, you know, and then anyway, pushed me into doing it. Um, and, and, and look, and that was, it was great, you know, because I probably would have maybe never, well, you know, I wanted to, but I think I needed that little bit of an extra, you know, just to extra nudge. Yeah. Over the line, you know, I think I was kind of, in my head going, oh, yeah, maybe not, maybe yes, you know, but yeah, sure. So anyway, it happened. So, um, you know, then that's where it all began, I guess, 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And when did it start to get, when did you start to actually sort of carve a name for yourself and go from people talking at you or your first name to people just saying Zumbo? Like, when did that actually start to happen? Oh, you mean to people calling Zumbo? Yeah. yeah, well, like you starting to actually get notoriety in the marketplace of the product uh, you're creating. Yeah, look, I think that like that took a while, right? It's mm. we got the locals, you know, in the first year or so, you know, we picked up a lot of locals, um, mm-hmm. and, and a few other people definitely came in who were, you know, obviously coming to Balmain for a weekend, you know, because in the weekend mm-hmm. quite quite a place for people to come and um, just you know have a day there and and walk up and down the street, but I think probably after a couple of years, really, you know, I think we got mm-hmm. our first ride up after about a year and a half, you know, it took us a, a fair while yep. to get one, <clears throat> you know, I think uh, even though we're doing something different and a lot of people were even, you mean, people were writing to the, to these people to tell them to, to, to give us a, to write about you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was yeah. like, you know, there's this thing there and look, I mean, I didn't really push it at all, but like that was kind of, um, that was a, that was kind of like a uh, you know a customer driven thing. So you know yeah right it didn't fuss me too much. But it, it, you know kind of at that time I was like you know just get focused on the business. It was busy for us because I was you know there's only a couple of us. There was me and one other person at the start. Uh, wow. You know so it was you know you work you know you work for 20, 20 odd hour days you know trying yep. to get, get it on the off the ground and you know I mean you, you had a massive product range. Because in your head you wanted to kind of do so much, um, mm, you wanted to yeah. please everyone, right? <laughs> and you also wanted to like keep your skills going, right? Because you wanted to do a bit of yeah, it's a good point. You wanted to have cakes, tarts, I had some chocolates, and some macarons. You had pastries, you had bread, and then you had a little bit of savoury, like quiches and stuff mm. like that. So, I mean, for the for, I mean, luckily there's only one like one store, but I mean, still there's a lot of products to to keep mise en place on. You know what I mean? It's like keep, of course, every day trying to get it up there. So. Um, but you know, it, you know, it started to get traction. Um, but obviously, the big thing was just getting that that break on. Um, you know, I think after the first few articles, then obviously MasterChef mm-hmm. sort of kicked off, and getting the opportunity to help to help them out, I think was yep. um, look. It was it was priceless for us at the time. You know, I think it was just. Uh, being able to be in the right people's mouths at the right time um, with that opportunity, literally, sure. you know, like 
I mean, couldn't have asked for anything else, right? But at the time, we didn't know about it, right? It was the unknown because it was just like, oh, you know, it was a phone call. The girls in the shop took it. Um, right. And they called me in the kitchen and said, oh, a Channel 10 producer wanted to talk to you. They need some help. Right. Stuff. And, you know, and that was all it was. And so we thought, okay. Oh, no, they wanted to, sorry. They wanted to order a broken bush. It wasn't even to have some help with some stuff. They they wanted, and so we just thought, oh, yeah, it must be someone's birthday or something in the right studio or something like that. And uh, so yep. I called him back and then obviously got the, the, the lowdown on it all. And just, you know, he said, like, you know, having some trouble doing the, this challenge, you know, mm-hmm. uh, some help and, and obviously put, you know, need someone to help put it, put it all together. Um, oh, wow. And, uh, and I've heard you're the you're the you're the, you're the guy to um that could help us. And I said, oh, right. I said I could help you definitely. You know, I mean, what do you need? You know, and, and it went from there. And it literally was just meant to be a make the showpiece part and just deliver it. And they credit me in the in the in the credits on the on the show. Yeah, and it just yep. kind of developed. You know, as it got closer to the day to deliver it, they were like, "Oh, just bring your chef clothes with you." You know, we got an idea. <laughs> idea we might, we might try something and that and that's kind of where it was right? like and i took my chef clothes and I ended up walking out carrying it out and set you know and wow. um, and that's how it started right and that's um you know first time going on that show and then after that you know producer was heaps happy uh, yeah uh, great guy jonathan's jonathan summer hayes um uh-huh. you know just one of the one of the best guys you know just obviously give me those opportunities at that time uh, he yeah, believed, believed in, he was a risk taker. He believed in it. You know, he was just a, a legend, you know, like I think he, he kind of, you know, he pushed that show to be what it is. You know what I mean? Mm. I where, where it went, you know, first season, it was trying to get something off the ground. I mean, I remember watching the show, you know, before I even went on, like, you know, because I was watching the guys. Oh, yeah, cool, yeah. And, and like, it was, you know, it was a little bit flat, a little bit thing. And, you know, but they kept, yeah, changing, pushing and changing it, right? Yeah. No, and I think that's, you know, and then, yeah, from that, I got a few more episodes that season. So, um, you know, and it kind of yeah. started there. The, the first episode was just like, yeah, you know, you got some like, you got some great feedback from it and stuff like that. But then uh, a couple after is when it started to really ramp up, right? Because people were like, now people were starting to watch that show, get tuned in, and people were starting to explore. They were starting to come out to find what, you know, what was on these shows? Where can I try that? Where can I? Do you know what I mean? And yeah, like, right. In those first couple of years, you know, you, you know, you were kind of, you were that sort of, um, used to, you were a hot property, right? That people wanted to cut the queuing. Most definitely. I mean, they wanted, you know, they wanted that product, and they didn't care how long they had to wait. A lot of them, you know, they were just like, wow, that queue. If not, they didn't get it that day. They come back the next day, you know, and. Um, and went in the peak of that. I mean, we were selling out by ten o'clock. We couldn't keep up. I didn't have enough wow capacity and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, there was definitely crazy days. But you know, I mean, that uh, the more you kind of went on it, the little bit more that wore off after a while. You know, the the impact you got from that from the show. You know what I mean? You, right. You, yeah. You understand. Have, yeah. You have, you have that first period. You know, maybe the first couple of years where it's like. Then it's like more you know, people will look for the newer things. Like so, the, so it kind of it moved around. All the people that kind of went on it, um, you know, which was great for everybody, and in that sort of sense, and gave an opportunity to um, 
put their put their business on the map. Most definitely. I was I was going to ask you, like taking that crock and bush out on the first season of MasterChef, like how did you feel? Did you feel scared? Did you feel like just everything happened so quickly that you didn't really think at all? Like where was your head at when you were taking out that onto set? Yeah, look, I was, I was pretty, um, definitely pretty nervous. You know, like I think I was, yeah, um, a bit lost in a way. You know, like and I was tired. I remember because <laughs> um, we, um, I remember we had some problems with the first crocodile that we we made that morning. And I mean, I was oh, hit, right, okay, <laughs> I was hit late to set because I had um, had some had some problems with the first one we we built. Uh, right. So with the team, so we all you know had all the team on, on all hands on deck, just putting a new one together, and you know to get there. So kind of I got there late. You know everyone was waiting for me, uh, so it wasn't a good start you know in that way. But you know what, yeah. I was pretty, pretty naive as well. Like I didn't think much of it in the sense that I didn't know much about TV. Like mm-hmm. like you know how it's all. You didn't know what to expect anyway, right? So Yeah, and so I kind of just rocked mm. up and I was just like, I didn't really even think, I was so tired and just kind of in a rush that I didn't even think about that I held up the whole production process. Oh, so, production. Yeah. <laughs> and you learn from that. Most definitely. I was going to ask, like, because you've pretty much been on every season of MasterChef, did it get, did it get easier and more familiar kind of as you went on? Like, did you get to really kind of enjoy those times in the show? Yeah, totally. You know, like I, I had a good trot on there, you know, like in the way of, you know, I definitely, I think I did, a, I think I did the first six seasons um, plus all the extra ones like the Kids Master Chef and the oh, uh, yeah, of course. Master Chef and stuff like that. I did all the, I did all those. So, you know, I had, I had a good trot, you know, I had about 15, 16, 17 episodes. I can't remember something like, like that I've appeared yeah, on oh, mm-hmm. over the years, you know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, so, Definitely, it was. It got easier. It got, um, you know, a lot more familiar. It became part of the family, and um, you know, and you know, I think it just kind of it just became natural every time you went there. After a while, you know, you knew what to yeah expect. people you know what to expect. Mm-hmm. You know, people give you more information, and everyone developed right. Even the show developed, like as in what mm-hmm. they needed. You know, every episode, every every season, you know, they, they get more and more detailed. So. Yeah, run a lot smoother. So, I know we've talked before. Like, obviously, as I imagine, as Master Chef got got longer as you've been on the show, the expectation of, of what you would do would also get more heightened. And I know that when we caught up, um, you know, a couple of months ago, you were here for a um, for a cake show, right? Like a, a massive cake show that was here in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, and and you said to me like you're you're always so excited about sort of where the industry's at and the and the level of skill that pastry chefs have now. Is it is it hard for you now in the industry to still try and come up with something that's incredibly creative but still true to sort of how you always like to bake? Uh yeah, look, I think you know, I think I went through a stage there once, you know, for on off for a while where yeah, obviously it can easily get to you where you just you're just baking to try and compare yourself to the everything that's out there, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. I think now these days, like I kind of, I don't look too much into what's going on in the industry every day. I see flashes mm-hmm. of it. I don't, don't say I don't see any of it. 
but I just like to think about the ideas that I think about and write them down and then, and then kind of like try and make them in the way that I would make them without having sure. to, you know, get too sidetracked into thinking it should be like what they're, you know, they're doing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I think, I think I've always baked in that same style from day one to, to now, you know, I think it's, it's always been about trying to get cleaner flavors and textures and, and trying to give the, whatever the creation is a story uh, on how I thought about it or why it is that, or why I call it that. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think it's a key thing that, you know, you can't do it all the time because some things are just, are just what they are, you know, sure. Like a lemon tart or a passion, you know, like you're not really going to go. Yes. But there's some Too creations. Far, right. Yeah. yeah. Some creations mm-hmm. when you create them, you like, you go, well, this is what I was thinking because I wanted to incorporate this to represent that or, or, you know, wanted it to look like this. That's why I made it with that. You know, so like there's always different parts of different avenues you can go uh, depending on what the criteria is, you know what I mean? Whether it's uh, competition, whether it's a shop for yourself, whether it's for teaching a class or, or just making something for somebody who, you know, who wanted something. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you how do you sort of go through that that initial process of of concept, Adriana? Do you do you write down sort of what you're thinking and sort of space out, you know, a, a certain product that you want to do and how you want to develop it, or do you have certain supply chains or or uh, you know people you suppliers that you work with in order to give you product to get inspiration? Like, how do you sort of go through that process yourself? Yeah, a bit of both. Like a lot of time, I'd mm. like pop in your head depending on where you are where you are where you're doing things will pop into your head so um like you know you could be sitting like i mean i could be sitting somewhere be in a meeting or be out or whatever and someone might say a word and you know clicks and then i go oh yeah that's a mad that's a cool yeah. name that's a good that'd make a nice cake i love that name that cake or or even just thinking about um names of things that kind of remind you of cake sometimes like so sometimes it starts from a word or an idea or, or a name, sometimes it right. was hard, said before, like it might be a product. So a supplier mm-hmm. might come up and go, you know, oh, they've got these new products, it's like a you know hazelnut paste or whatever it is. Um, and then you kind of work backwards from there, right? It's like literally, oh yeah, that would, let's make this, let's mix it with that. You know what I mean? Like sort of, mm-hmm. you know, I've got these, well, I've got passion for a puree. Let's make a hazelnut and passion fruit. Uh, you know, meringue tiles, you know, for example, like it could be anything, but you literally like, it's just the spark, whatever is in front of you, you know? Yeah. That's what kind you of. can come at any time pretty much. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, like, like what we used to do when we had the, you know, in the business was like, we used to have themes. So like it might be, for example, the Christmas theme one year was wild, wild west, you know, so everything uh-huh. we would think of wild, wild west. Right. So then we'd research, you know, Gingerbread House was a was a, a wild, wild west saloon. You know, right. you know, all our then all the Christmas logs were represented by wild, wild west. One was like a sheriff, one was like a <laughs> one was like a cactus. Um, <laughs> so cool. like that. So like then you can get really, you know, from starting from a theme, you know, and then breaking it back into like different avenues to suit that for the traditional products. That you usually mm-hmm. get at, at that time of the year, or you know, or or for a menu. So, 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing. Like, I guess it's just kind of like, it's just what you, you know, whatever comes to you. For me, it's whatever comes to my head, but it always gets sparked by a word or, a, or an item, you know, and then it just keeps rolling. You just keep thinking mm. about it and it'll just keep developing, right? It might start at something very, uh, you know, very sort of, um, sort of diverse and large, right? It might be a heap of different avenues, but then kind of bring it back and you end up with something. Mm-hmm quite creative and uh, something, you know, a lot of time you're happy with. So, Do you ever get like a creative block in which you sort of have to, you know, you have to stop, you know, um, baking or doing anything and sort of just go away and not bake for a period of time? Or do you find you sort of just work your way through it in order to get to, get to the next level? Yeah, depending on what it is. I mean, I, you definitely get a creative block, especially, mm. especially when you're, involved in the, when you're involved in the business part of it as well like you know it, it was a lot of time mm. trying to be that creative person and like all the issues and stuff that come with business and um and all those those sort of things being involved in that there's a lot of times where yeah you just completely lock up right it's it's yep, not don't get ideas mm-hmm. but a lot of the time you can't process them it's just like, yeah. you, you know, you like look at a wall and just nothing, you know, you might think of things in your head, but you just, yeah, you can't think of how to do them or you can't find the energy inside to want to put them together. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. Yeah, you get to a point of just exhaustion, right? Especially when you, exactly. you have your own business and you're right, you, you are dealing with suppliers and payments and, advertising and uh, landlords and, and all this different stuff. Like I, I, I can't imagine how you do that. So I'm, I'm just so impressed. Like I've loved watching um, so much of your Instagram feed. I mean, you've obviously got so many followers, hundreds of thousands of followers who follow you and just seeing what you produce is, um, is really exciting for someone like me to watch who's been in the industry for, for a good amount of time as well. So it's really cool. Yeah. You know, um, the other thing is too, is that, um, Sometimes you, I, I, I was always like, always did my best stuff last minute. You know what I mean? Like I was always yeah, like, interesting, and just mull it over. And a lot of time I wouldn't do anything for ages because I was still trying to work it out in my head. And then like, like when it gets closer to the date, then I start to like get more uh, active about, you know, outlaying it and, and putting it together. So Mm, that's really interesting. I do much the same. It's like you're forced to be creative because you've got this small window to yeah to actually get it done. It's really weird how it works like that. Maybe yes, that's a... yeah. it doesn't matter how hard you try not to. It's literally yes. pushes back into that small window. Yeah, most definitely. Now, obviously, you've done you've done so many different mediums, right? You've done uh, the TV here in Australia with a couple of different different episodes and different series you've been a part a part of. You've obviously got the Netflix specials, which you've done over in America. Uh, you've done a couple of books and that kind of stuff as well. Like so many visual aspects to what you do. Like, is there, is there a, is there a medium which you enjoy the most in order to showcase like the amazing talent that you actually have? Uh, yeah, no, not really. I mean, I think I'm quite, I'm, I'm quite a um, sort of, I say laid back, but like kind of a more of a pretty chilled sort of mm-hmm. person. So like, I, I guess the, I just like doing what I do, you know, whether it's cool. 
you know, whether it's an opportunity to do it, you know, on TV or, or in a book or, you know, um, you know, I, I kind of, I just, I just love to be able, I love to have like those sort of experiences, you know what I mean? And then I think it's mm-hmm. everyone is, is kind of like, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's lucky, right. You know, cause it could be anyone. There's so many great chefs out there and pastry chefs and, um, so to, to be able to do that sort of stuff, I think it's, it's, you know, just, just to be there, you know, I think it's just, uh, an amazing, um, an amazing thing. But I think for, for me, I just love to be by myself and cook. That's where I love to do my best, um, sort of work. Like I just, you know, when I'm in my own space, in my own world, mm-hmm. um, and I literally can like delve deep into things in my own time. You know, like where I'll see something, I'll notice something, I'll want to like look into it deeper and find out why and how and and just notice things, you know. And then sometimes things happen that you don't plan to happen while you're doing it and, you know, you learn something new, right? You think, oh, that'd be cool to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, you know, school-wise, that's, that's kind of where I love. That's my favourite. Um, I'd be happy just doing that, you know, even if I never did TV or anything again. You know, I think uh, for me, like that's what makes me the happiest. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you find um, do you find a lot of people sort of reach out to you and and ask you for for help with things they're making, or do you find that sort of doesn't happen very much? No, it does definitely. Like people, yeah, like you know, like can you give me a good recipe for this? Or I tried making this and it wouldn't work. Um, what am I doing wrong? You know, and then like, mm-hmm. I mean, you literally got to get them to tell you exactly what they did because, uh, you know, it's all about you know understanding all the process that they've done to yep. to know where the mistake is and how to improve it. It's um sure, but yeah, definitely a lot of people reach out. Yeah, recipes help me. I wish I could make this like you got like you guys make. You know, and I'm you know. And I said, you can. It's just, it's just literally practice and understanding what you do, why you're doing it, and what are the ingredients and products that you're using, and and, and how they work, right? Because once you, once you understand that, then you know you can fix things. Because you go, well, absolutely, you know, oh, okay, that happened, but and you, you work backwards in your mind and you think, oh, why did that happen? You know, yes, <laughs> because the only reason that would happen is because obviously. You know, did whip my egg whites enough or the egg whites were weak or, you know, this, I put too much raising agent, you know, like, you know, things like that. And when you understand what things actually do, then you can go, okay, well, my cake exploded. Then obviously I had too much raising agent, raising agent, you know, things like that. Yep. So, um, you know, I think it's about people wanting to learn more and it's just about getting them to remember things as well. I think you know cooking is a is a, is a sense. You know you've got to you've got to feel what you're cooking, and you've yes. got to you know, you've got to move along with it, right? There's no point mm-hmm. cooking as a as a motion or as a you know following a book. You know, yes, read a book and learn how to make things, but when you're actually doing it, it's a whole different story, isn't it? Yeah, you've got to follow your senses, right? You know, mm-hmm. and that all comes back mm-hmm. to experience. And the more times you cook, and the more things you do, the more the more sense you get and the more yep. experience you have, the better you'll get. You know, it's just, you know, as long as you're focused and, and passionate, you'll you'll pick up those things and and you know, 
like literally like when you're cooking something now, you kind of can even like just tell when it needs something, you know, I can smell yeah, it. Exactly. I can mm-hmm. feel it. I can smell it. Like, it's just like, it needs this, you know? And I think too many people sometimes it's the thing like in the kitchen when no one wants to try the product. And I think like, why yeah. are you, what are we all here for? You don't want yes. to try the product. How can we make great products for other people? You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't yeah. love what you're like making, like, or even taste it. You don't have to love it. You're like, you might not like that flavor, but you need to be able to taste it and go, you know, that's what it's meant to taste like. Because you never know then when is the mistake. Yes, so, absolutely. It's just experience at the end of the day, isn't it? Really, it is. You know, it is experience. Mm. It's focus, and it's just. I, I just. I don't know what it is. It's. It's kind of like connecting, right? I, I think it's. Mm. Like that mental connection with the food, it's, it sounds weird when you say it, but you know, when you're actually doing it, you feel it like it's like that that sense, and you you understand why and what what's going on and why that happened. And if you don't, yeah, then you obviously you know you're going to look for why and find out. I think I think the one reason why I liked that I went into baking was because I think it taught me patience, and I think that's that's the great thing about either bread baking or or doing benoiserie is that you really understand the importance of patience and just letting things, letting product do what it needs to do in order to get the flavor and the result that you actually need. And that's a really cool, I think that's a really cool thing. Um, Now you've had, obviously you've had some, you know, some challenges and you've had some amazing, amazing things happen to you. Zombo. like, where do you, where do you want to take, yourself and your brand now like what are what are the things you're sort of looking forward to in the next 12 months do you think oh look i'm just taking a break man like i think you know mm. uh from what happened last year mm-hmm. you know obviously the business closing down um mm-hmm. you know it was it was pretty it was a pretty hard hit you know but uh yep. you know, the last few years have been really like probably been the toughest years of my life you know and mentally um and physically, you know, I think like it sucks so much energy out of you being in that position. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. it really, you know, uh, you really need to rejuvenate after it, like, and sort of get back that, you know, I, I've never lost the passion for what I do. Um, yes. I think it was just uh, letting so many people down, um, mm-hmm. you know, letting the team down, you know, in the way of, you know, I had so many passionate staff members and, mm-hmm. you know, and, the, and they, you know, all they want to do is push till the end. You know what I mean? Like we, we can do this and every day telling yourself you can do this. And in the end, like realizing that you just like, there's just really, uh, you're just too deep in a hole. Right. You know, I think, yeah, uh, absolutely. making too many mistakes and, and, you know, with a, a saturated industry changing so fast, um, you know, I think it's, it's, um, and, and if you don't have that structure from day one, you know, I think it was one of our biggest things was that, you know, not having that, the right flow and growing fast. It was just, you know, obviously um, a bit, a, a bit of, you know, it was it just hit a wall. A bit manic in a way. Yeah. 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 yeah I mean, it was manic. It was, you're right. That's it. It was manic. It was, mm. you know, and then you like trying to push through to make efficiencies and, and stuff like that. And so you try to invest in equipment and stuff like that. And then you can't, and then, you can't get that going properly in the sense of like, you know, getting the volume out to cope with that. And just everything didn't match up, you know, in the end, it's just sort of, you know, and it just takes one bad, one or two bad properties. Um, yep. And the whole know, thing. And the whole thing, and the whole thing comes down. 
So, you know, I think after that, you know, I really don't want to go back into something straight away. You know, like on a, I don't have a yep. an ambition to because right now, I'm not saying I ever will, but I, I just right now I think uh, obviously want to look at that, look at like, you know, everything that's happened, mm-hmm. learn more about that back end. Um, you obviously work through the back, you know, obviously uh, liquidation takes a while to get through. You know what I mean? It, yep. it drags, drags on for a little while. So just trying to work through the all the legalities that come with that and um, and then, you know, um, just kind of work on my skills again. You know, I think I lost a lot of skills for me. You know, I probably, you know, I've still got the skills. For me, I felt like, you know, for the last 12, 18 months, I was sitting on a bed desk, you know, working with people to solve problems and, and um, yes. you know, kind of, I kind of lost the whole um, cooking passion. Uh, between that and obviously trying to be a personality, um, mm-hmm. still doing the side work, um, you know, on the other side, away from the business as well. Yeah. You know, I was trying to juggle it all. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a lot. And, and even when doing that, doing that work with, with those, those things in the background, you know, was tough like to hold that face and sort of kind of keep going. Yeah, you can't concentrate, right? You can't concentrate, you know, like mm. you kind of remember standing on set. I'm just like, Oh, what, ha-? you know, like every time he's like, what happened? Like, oh yeah. You, your mind's somewhere else and you're kind of standing yeah. there trying to, you know, obviously pay attention to what's going on on set or like, you know, challenge or whatever's going on. And, and literally your mind and your, your, your soul somewhere else. Right. It's, um, mm. You know, you kind of like you, you you lose the enjoyment that you originally had, you know. Um, but you know, that's that's what happened, I guess. And and um, you know, I think it's just yeah, kind of like working on the weaknesses um, and just seeing what happens. Really, you know, I think uh, and and what happens is forward. You know, what, what direction do you take? You know, I think the food industry's. Um, bit manic at the moment you know i think it's most uh, definitely it's, it's extremely competitive extremely competitive it's extremely being like um pushed um mm-hmm. it's 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 being you know like there's a lot going on i think it's um you know the boom of food is great has been good and now you know that, that food boom's coming to a point whereas there's a lot of people in the in the market yeah um, you know the old the old way of food is, is, is getting kind of regulated out. Yep. Um, you Most know, definitely. so I think there's a lot of, a lot of change. Um, and there's a lot of things going on in the food industry. So, you know, and I think that'll take 12 to 18 months more, you know, to really flush through and, yeah, I agree. and see what, where it's going to go. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause you can sit here and go, you know what foods, you know, shopping centers are down, um, mm-hmm. you know, occupancy rates are down in shopping centers as well you know yep uh, i'm not saying there's not people in shopping centers it definitely is but it's mm. whether you know because shopping centers now you know they're just putting whatever in because they need to fill gaps so absolutely they're not, usually a 40 to 40 to 50 percent tenancy mix of food now exactly it used to be 20 percent 15 years ago like it's, it's yeah it's, it's incredibly like, changed like the cafe scene you know i think there's someone was telling me no. It went from ten thousand cafes to forty five thousand or something <laughs> in a matter of like five years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Which is enormous, you know. And I think mm. 
that's something there where I, I think, I, will, I, I really think the government needs to step in there, you know, and do something about regulating that part of it, you know, to say, you As know, in the amount of licenses, you mean? Or? The amount of licenses, I think, mm. regulate and say, you know what, there's 100,000 people in this town and it can only cope with 20 food businesses. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then, yeah, and totally. So that, that you know that those food businesses have a future, you know, and the only way for someone to get one is to buy one off someone else or somebody obviously is not a good operator and, mm. you know, and they forfeit it or something like that. It needs to be, I think it's something like that needs to be looked at. You know, I, th- I think, uh, you know, in some countries there's obviously, you know, for example, I think in Europe, in a few European countries, there's, you need to be a mm-hmm. master baker or pastry chef to get even open a business. Yeah. yeah wow. Well, okay. You have to have a certain qualification mm-hmm. through education to even get a business. Otherwise you cannot open a business. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I think, you know, and I, I'm not, I'm not saying it might be that, but I, I think, think something like that, you know, so that we don't keep expanding without expanding the people. Yes. You know, yeah. I, think I totally agree. That's the big thing, I think. I think a lot of skills are going to be lost or diluted if we continue to go the same way with the amount of venues that we have, because you just, you just fill gaps with, with people who can work and, the skill set just goes down and down because you don't have the the hierarchy above them to teach you know to teach the great skills that you learnt when you're in your apprenticeship and I learnt when I was in my apprenticeship. Like it's just going to get. I'm kind of scared where it's potentially going to go. You know. Yeah, oh, same. I, I definitely, mm. I am as well because, you know, I think slowly food's going to get left like it's getting left behind, right? Because of the the cost of running a food business. Mm. You know, without forget about wherever you are or whatever it is, it's just it just is right. It's it's a very late yes. Um, yes, there are some amazing businesses out there that run on great food costs and stuff like that. Um, there are some businesses like in general businesses like that. Like you know, if, if with the with the saturation, if you don't get, if you don't get those volumes that you need, you know, those numbers yep. change quite dramatically. Um, Most definitely, quite quickly. So you know, and with the rate of Developments going up and commercial property underneath, and everyone trying to put food in. Yes, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's only going to get worse. So, you know, I think it's a, uh, you know, it's a good, it's a good one just to, to see what happens over the next couple of years. I think you know, it's um, and really mm. watch what you know how the, how the industry and the, and the government sort of handles it. I think because, you know, it's um, it's it's kind of I think it's. It's just uh, it's like a balloon getting blown up and blown up and blown up. Mm. Um, to see know. how see how far it will go before it pops, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm. Mm. Amazing. Well, Adriana Zumbo, we have we have spent a good chunk of time together, and um, and I appreciate your honesty and and what you've talked about. You've built an incredible career, and the one thing that I'm just amazed and excited about is that you are continuing to produce great products um, that people get excited about. And I'm glad you have such a passion for the industry still. It speaks volumes to the gentleman you are. So I appreciate your time. Um, What is the best way that people can find out sort of about you on Instagram? Most definitely. Uh, 
on Instagram, I'm the I'm the, the sweet assassin. Uh, that's my Instagram. Awesome. Um, mm-hmm. Or just put in my name and just look for the blue tick. Um, I think you'll find it, mm-hmm. and then you, you'll find it. Yeah, but um, yeah. it's been amazing being on on with you, Sean. It's uh, thank you very much. No, I appreciate uh, it, man. Anytime. And uh, yeah, it is a great industry, um, you know, that we work in, and I think you know we all need to pay attention to where it's going and what's happening in it and work towards trying to, you know, make sure that it stays healthy and, and, um, you know, always improves, right? It's improving and growing. I think it's, mm. you know, but, uh, you know, in a way that's stable. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. Adriana, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate Thanks, it. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Open Pantry Podcast. I hope you got something out of that interview with Zumbo. Such a personal one, and I really appreciate him being so honest in that podcast. He really uh, he really opened up, so it was fantastic. As always, if you'd like to give me some feedback on the podcast, Open Pantry Co. on Twitter or Open Pantry Consulting on Instagram. Until next time, have a great day and take care.